Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to each and every one of you, wherever you are listening in this world. Welcome to another session of the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe, Saturday Morning Motivation. I am one of your hosts, C. Maria Wall, a.k.a. the Mediator Shiro, right here at our Ground Zero. I While our panelists uh, join us online, I wanted to take care of our 
salutations, welcome, and announcements. And then we're going to jump right into our program. We are going to continue our discussion of the laws of attraction. Today is all about humility, or that's where we're going to start. Because uh, there's so much going on in our world right now with this new pandemic that is coronavirus and the shutdowns and all of that. Um, I found an interesting photo that I'll be discussing with our panelists in a few moments. So while you get situated, again, welcome to those of you who are listening to us live and those of you who will be joining us uh, through the replays. We want to thank you as well. So again, Tarjay is with us today, so she will be bringing us her editorial commentary. Uh, Allie B. sent hers in. Again, um, she'll also have hers from last week featured on tomorrow's Sunday Morning Inspiration. So we will try to work all of those in. Um, As always, I want to give a shout out to all of the countries who support us Uh, every single month for the last 10 plus years and welcome to all of the new countries coming on so we're just going to run down that list and some people want to know why I do this because there's nothing better than showing gratitude for the people who have been in our corner for so many years secondly I want to say this secondly That in these trying times, we have to show that thing that we're going to be talking about today called humility. So with that said, a special thank you to Australia, Belize, Brazil, Cambodia, Canada, Chile, China, Denmark, Germany, Greece, India, Indonesia, the Ivory Coast, Jamaica, Kenya, Macau, Malaysia, Mexico, the Netherlands. New Zealand, Pakistan, the Philippines, Romania, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Thailand, Trinidad and Tobago, Turkey, the United Kingdom, the United States. Uh, We have a few unknowns that have not been fully uh, identified yet, but thank you as well. And rounding out our list, of course, is Vietnam. So that... um, is our list for this week. Again, our topic is a continuation of the 12 laws of... Hold on a moment. I'm having some technical difficulties here. I will get back with that in a moment. But the laws of karma is what we're talking about today specifically Um, We're starting off with the law of humility With that said, I'm going to bring on our panelists today Shauna G is here And ladies and gentlemen, Tarjay is with us as well Um, So I want to welcome you ladies How's everyone this morning? How are you doing during this infamous lockdown uh, That's happening around the world? Um, So how, how are things going, ladies? Well, you know, um, well, good morning, everybody. Um, it's been a week. It has been a week. I'm tired, but it's been a week, but we're still here. So all this well. Um, it's been challenging working from home, you know, when you have a house full. But um, that's the least I can complain about. So this is, you know, we're just adjusting. 
just adjusting to this, you know, temporary norm. Yeah, it's the new normal for a time. Mm-hmm. So. Tarjay, are you I with us? En- I will say, but I will yeah. say I do enjoy not having to drive, you know, getting up to get to work. I do enjoy that piece, so. And in saving money on not <laughs> having to buy, cafe- you know, going out to the cafeteria or order DoorDash or something for lunch. So it saved me some money this week. <laughs> I think that we can get into that as well um, during our conversation today. Tajay, how are you today? I'm good. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're rather low, but yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Well, good morning. It's um, It's been a week of um, interesting things, but I will not complain. I have uh, been placed on medical leave, so I don't have to be out and about in the foolishness state the Lord. Um, and when I do go back to work, I'll be working an alternative schedule. So, you know, I'm just helping the kids, making sure they're getting their homework and stuff done with the online learning and making the best of my family time while I'm out. And I think that today it'll probably, ladies, go into that conversation about how we are adapting to um, this uh, situation and it comes into humility in a way because um, a lot of people don't know how to be home with their families, which is something that um, I long to do, but I cannot. And for others, um, they don't like being home with their own families. So again, um, we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, But today, we're going to continue our conversations about the laws of karma. And today, the law that I wanted to start us off with is humility, because it says that one must accept something in order to change it. If all one sees is an enemy or negative character trait, then they are not and cannot be focused on a higher level of existence. And um, I'm going to pull up your message for today. I'm hoping that uh, Allie B will join us live because that's one of the things that we want you all to do is to come on and give us your um, your commentaries live from your perspectives and your points of views because um, sometimes if I'm just reading them, it may, something may get lost in translation and I don't want to do that. And it's good to have you all as part of the Family. So before we get started, um, Tarjay, I want to start with you giving us your take on this week uh, for your Beyond the Quote, um, because I think that we're going to delve into some things, especially from that family issue today and the, as I said, the humility aspect. So right now, uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to Tarjay and let you do your opening piece, and then we're going to jump into the program. Okay, so for me, I think that this goes well with, it not only goes with life in general, but it fits in with um, this discussion today, of course, as well as um, some of the happenings this week. Today, you know, we already know that some places are placed on state of emergency, some places are on lockdown, 
and we've seen these individuals out this week making not so good choices. So, um, you know, my Beyond the Quote is going to be about choices. So I started with a quote from an unknown author that says, whenever I make a choice, I ask myself two questions. What are the consequences of this choice that I'm making? And will this choice bring fulfillment and happiness to me and also those who are affected by this choice? Um, As a behavioral health counselor specializing in risk reduction programs for substance abuse, cognitive, family, violence, and reentry, I find myself constantly reiterating the importance of choices and how they affect others. I have them practice brainstorming, thinking of choices and consequences not only for themselves but for others who will be affected both directly and indirectly. We learn about we learn about going digging into ourselves as you I'm sorry. We learn about doing unto ourselves you gotta excuse me. We learned about doing unto others as you'd have them do unto you. If we don't take the time to consider how our actions affect those around us, we're not considering the inconvenience, the unfairness, the punishment, et cetera, that we may be subjecting others to. Whenever I make choices, whether it be in regards to my career, financial, health, etc., I think about how things will affect my husband, my children, my coworkers, and the population I serve. If I'm doing what I perceive to be the best for myself without regard to how my choices and decisions may affect others, I'm doing a disservice not only to myself but to those affected as well. When we understand that we all have to live our karma, we'll be more considerate of how our actions can play a role in the happenings of others. Bear with me, guys. My allergies are kicking my butt this morning. But I said all that to say, um, you know, we know what's going on in the world right now. We're trying to deal with this pandemic, pandemic, and a lot of people are in panic mode, survival mode, whatever you want to call it. And people are making choices that not only affect themselves but others. you got spring breakers, and they're saying, I'm going to live my life, and I'm not going to let anything stop me. They're not taking into consideration what they may be exposing themselves to and, then, you know, in turn what they may be exposing others to. And then we have those who are going out to the store and panic buying and hoarding, and they're not taking into consideration the people like myself who just want one roll of toilet paper. You know, I just want to get my regular things. And an interesting thing that I saw this week on the news was that, this is not only affecting those who just want to buy, you know, one roll of their normal shop. They want to take, you know, get their shopping items. This is affecting those who are at home sick that have nothing to do with the coronavirus. Some people need these um, distilled water bottles for their ventilators. They're not able to get those. Some people need, you know, items for health care. They may be providing for others at home, a child, an elderly person. They're not able to, you know, do their routine care um, for these individuals because of what we're doing while we're out at the store, buying all these items that is not necessary for us to be buying. So it all rolls into choices, and it also rolls into what you'll be, you know, what we'll be talking about today with the law of karma and talking about humility, choices. Choices affect everything in life. Yep, I agree. And I think that um, what we saw what we're seeing, I found a picture, ladies, right before the show started. I think it was on Tumblr. And it was of an elderly lady with her little walker, and she was already hunched over, and she was looking at a bunch of empty shelves. And 
when you talk about humility, then there were also pictures of people who had carts and carts full of packages of chicken and all these other things that they brought together. Welcome to those of you who are joining us in a call query this morning. If you want to join our conversation about uh, humility and the laws of karma and things that are going on in this world, that's what we're talking about today. Please press the number one on your phone, and I will. we would love to have you join our conversation um, again. But you have people, as you said, who are hoarding. They're taking up everything people who are fighting over toilet paper. If you go that much, you need to see a doctor because you have the runs and there's something else going on in your body that makes you need to buy 88 different packages of toilet paper. I'm not understanding the hoarding. And the, the, the kicker is what I'm seeing, though, people, is that, and I had written this to someone, you bought all this food, and so many people are literally consuming all of this food right now, and it's only, what, a week into the major shutdowns. Um, the federal agency that I work for shut down yesterday, but I have been I'm working from home for a week already. So I was ahead of that curve. And like you said, I'm considered a high-risk employee because I have certain health conditions that make me at the top of the list for being, for being susceptible to getting this particular um, disease or virus, uh, if I get it, it's it could be life-threatening to me and detrimental. So, um, uh, uh, Shauna, I know that given another – we're all from different states, people, by the way. So we are going to be sharing stories from what we have seen where we are. For me, because I um, – I choose to uh, eat a specific type of um, of um, prepared meal. I knew that most people wouldn't have it. And at one of the stores that I had gone to, um, they don't have carry it anyway because it's just not something that the demographics in that area would want. So I went to my normal store, and I could clean up because I knew out of all these empty aisles, what I wanted would be there. And one of the things that I learned is that with some stores where toilet paper would normally be or something like that, you walk up and down every aisle, you're going to find more toilet paper, but you have to go and look for it. It's almost like a scavenger hunt for some stores, not all. So, again, you have to not only um, be mindful that there's other people out there who could be starving because we have hoarded up all of the food that we're also consuming in this short amount of time where this is how famine starts. This is how we run out of things. This is how we lose our resources because people may be joking about you going into this, you're healthy and fit. And then a week or two later, or a couple weeks later, you're out of shape and you put on a lot of pounds. It's because we are consuming everything that we have just hoarded as far as food is concerned. Because we don't want to be at home with our own families. And we're not giving consideration to those who are coming behind us who need the same um, food sources that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it is a tragedy. I, there's a, I have a couple of friends, for example, um, of one person, she takes injections. And I'm not sure if it's daily or just how many times a week. 
you know, and she was just like, I can't find alcohol swabs, you know, like just so she can clean, clean the one area. She couldn't find at the point when she looked even just bottles of alcohol, but she, you know, she needs the swabs for the, you know, for the cleanliness. And, you know, I didn't think of that. Not that I went out and bought any, but I just, you know, there were just certain things I didn't think of because I don't face certain medical conditions. And I just think a lot of people, um, they went in panic mode. And I could tell you for me, I because I don't have, you know, I don't have cable. I cut the cord a long time ago. And I was literally sitting at home working. And I got a text message from one of my son's best friend's parent, his father. The father said, hey, you know, Sean, you know, he's happy to come, you know, hang out with us during the next three weeks during this chaotic situation. I'm like, okay, awesome. They can go bowling. And I'm like responding because I had no clue at this point that Ohio said we're shutting down schools for three weeks. And when he said that, I was just like, oh, okay. I said, well, you know, what does that mean? So I started, you know, evaluating. And I, you know, I was like, let me see if there's anything in the refrigerator because I know my community. And even though I'm in a suburban but there's a lot of rural areas. We have lots of farms here. Um, so I was like, well, I should be good mm-hmm. out here because everybody farms and they freezers should be packed, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I said, well, let me, I have an elderly father who lives, you know, about 45 minutes away. So I was like, well, let me just go grab a couple things, you know, a gallon of milk, um, you know, some things just in case he needs something. So when I got to the store, the first store, and saw the um, the shelves really empty, <laughs> said, well, I'll be gone. You know, people are really taking this a little, a lot, you know, seriously, as they should. They should, you know, and I, my thing is don't panic, but be aware and be prepared, right? So I was able to, you know, muster, you know, some things that I needed for my home and to also be prepared to take help my dad. There was a young, there was an elderly lady in line that was behind me. I already drink, you know, bottled water. I That's just one thing I always get every couple weeks in so many cases. So she said something to me. She goes, oh, look at you stocking up on water. And I said, no, this is my normal, you know, purchase. And even the cashier was like, oh, yeah, she's here every other week. This is her norm. And she said, well, I'm from West Virginia. And she said, we don't have this problem, the hoarding problem. She goes, because we stay prepared all year round. Wow. And that really Mm -hmm. hit me because – and I'm sure she didn't, you know, she wasn't speaking for every single person in the state of West Virginia because, she, like she said, she goes, we have freezers, pluralized, deep of all meat from, you know, all year round from our hunting season and from this. And I was like, that, that is our problem here in the United States as I'm going from different stores watching, you know, what's going on is that we aren't prepared and that made me come home and reevaluate my household. Wow. It's interesting yeah. that you said and that because I was speaking with my cousin who lives in Virginia, and my family owns a farm. And he said, I was telling him, I was like, you know, I'm having the hardest time finding just one pack of toilet paper. Everywhere I go, they're out. And, you know, water the same way we buy water because my son loves to drink water. And, I'm not going to argue with the kid who likes to drink water, so I always buy two cases at a time, always. And um, I was just telling my cousin who was in Virginia that I'm not able to find anything. I went to one store yesterday morning. I happened to find toilet paper, but I went to another store yesterday afternoon around 3. There was no meat in the store. And he said, we're not having that problem because I said, really? 
He said, no, you know, we got the farms and stuff here. But he said, the stores look like usual. We got everything. I said, that is amazing how, you know, people who know how to live off the land, and my husband actually says that a lot. He's like, what are these people going to do if it gets to a point where they're not able to stock up or they close the grocery stores? A lot of people don't know how to live off the land. What are people going to do? He said, I don't mind going out there. I know how to hunt. I'm a country boy. I know how to hunt. I know how to kill something. I know how to cook something. But what are people going to do? You know, and I am one of those people because I don't, I don't want to go out there and hunt and cook my food on the campfire and all that kind of stuff. But that is a great question. What are some of us who aren't used to that lifestyle, how are we prepared to handle this if it does get as bad as some say it could possibly get? Well, I think that it comes down to this. Um, a lot of people, for me, I was fine. I have a freezer. I, I, I'm a survivalist to a degree. I know how to keep the candles. I know how to um, keep foods. I don't need to have meat on the table. If all I have left is vegetables, guess what? I'm going to eat vegetables. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not above um, learning how to grow my own fruits and vegetables. Um, I haven't started this year, but I'm considering it again. You know, again, I'm sorry. Um um, I want to do that because, again, let's go back to um, the observations that we all see, people with, with carts and carts full of chicken legs and chicken breasts and this and that. The problem is that people are so spoiled, especially in this country, that they're going to eat what they want to eat. They're not going to consider, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't want to eat. And there have been over the years where some people may say, I don't want that. That's too healthy. They want their cakes, their pies, their 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 um their meats, their beef, their all of this. And I posted something, and it started a bit of a ruckus the other day, because I said I don't know why are these people buying all of this fresh produce and food when the majority of people don't know how to cook. So I'm like, what are you planning on doing with it? It's just that you can say that you have it. And one of the things that we have seen is that so many people are not really hoarding this stuff up because they need it. They're hoarding it up to resell it. And that's another problem that we're seeing in this country. It's not because they're hungry. It's not because of any of that. There is no panic about the pandemic right now. This is people seeing one of two things, opportunity, or those with small minds who are just joining the crowds. You know, when it and I posted another question. I said, what do people do? Back in the day before toilet paper was around, how they clean themselves. You know, what are we going to do if there is no more shipments of toilet paper? What are you going to do? And the one thing that I want to want to um, bring up is the fact that there are gun shops who sold out of everything, guns and ammo. Because you see, when panic sets yes. in, that's when you're going to see people getting robbed. People are starting to do some of the darndest things. And now most of us, some of us were already armed. Now there's mm-hmm. more stupid people out here who are armed. So that's when you know that this pandemic, when the panic is going to set in. How do we protect our homes, our loved ones? If we're those types of people who sit up here and say, God is going to protect me, and um, I'm not going to get a weapon because God is going to. But let me tell you all something right here, right now, people. 
God did not tell you to be no fool. If you think that God has time to protect you all when someone's about to bum rush your house or to, to rob you and kill you or your family members or whatever while you're trying to walk to get your supplies, you are mistaken. It does not work that way, people. Whether you want to believe it or not, you go right ahead. And if you make it back home, yes, it's a blessing. But you have to be prepared to defend and protect yourself. Because if you do not, when you hear them banging in your door and you get on your knees and say, God, save me, I'm pretty sure they're going to bang in that door and something bad is going to happen in your home. So you need to be prepared. God gave us something called good common sense. He gave us free will. And he wants us to be good people. He wants us to show humility. But again, where there's good, there's evil. And we Mm -hmm. have to be prepared to combat that. That's just my personal take on this. I don't want people to say, well, the Bible says this in the Bible. Let me tell you something. The Bible was written by humans a long, 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 long time ago. And you can take the same verses, go to different religious um, believers and get totally different meanings out of the same set of words from the same passage, from the same book, from the same version. You know, whether it's King James or New New International, whatever you want it to be. If you take that one book and you pass it around to people, different people are going to get different understandings and perceptions out of the same set of words in the same order. So if you believe that by you sitting here and that some angel is going to come down in in a blinding light and save you from people who are starting to get, who will start to get more and more evil as this spreads, you are mistaken. That's my opinion. No one else, nobody from the foundation, from this program, nobody. That's my opinion, that you have to be prepared be prepared to expect the unexpected is what I'm saying to, to everyone listening. And let me just add something to that. Um, when I first went to get my carry license, right, I, you know, I went to a even more rural area to get it versus to go into the city, you know, because it's nothing like learning how to shoot from them country boys. <laughs> so, you know, right. when he was teaching, you know, he we it was a two-day process, even though that was not the state requirement, but he really wants you to know what you're doing. And he has, um, and where we went to the bunker, we went to shoot at the range, which was his own bunker he built underground, which was super cool. And one of the things, you know, he was laughing about, you know, we did this, this simulation where he was like, you know, he gave a story like you had to kind of, you had to close your eyes. And he's giving a scenario. He was like, you know, you're laying in the bed, you know, and you hear a noise. And we literally had to keep our eyes closed. We already had our guns, you know, drawn and, you know, aimed at the target. And, he, you know, he went on about, you know, you hear the creeps on the stairs. And then you hear your, you know, your, your daughter say, Daddy, is that you? And you know it's not you because you're laying in the bed. You know, so he went to this whole scenario to put your mind in, in you know, in play of my house is being robbed. And if I start shooting, am I going to shoot straight? You know, at the target versus, you know, just kind of free willy on everybody else. And, you know, then he goes and the person busts through the door and you start shooting. And, you, start, you know, you start shooting at the target. And when he took us to that exercise, it was just like, wow, you know, some people did really, really, really great and others did not. But what he said was, in relation to what you were just saying, he was just saying that, you know, you have to understand 
that you have to always be prepared to defend yourself. And he brought up the church. He said, and he gave the name of his church, again, in this rural city. And he said, you know, if someone ever wanted to, you know, come into our sanctuary during service to rob us, he said they would be gravely mistaken. And so, you know, some people are just like, oh, well, what does he mean? Like, what do you mean? You know, and he said, because we all carry in church. He said from the pastor, because we were talking about, you know, different churches now having all the security, whatever, whatever. He said, we don't need extra security because we all carry. He said, you know, the pastor, he gave us the name of the type of gun the pastor carries, you know, down to the little usher person. And, you know, and I was just like, oh, my God, you know, really? But then as I, you know, became acquainted with the whole carrying and all that, I was just like, and from, you know, more familiar and even more comfortable, it was like, I get it. I get it. And I remember walking to, you know, like I, I love going to gun shows. And so I remember going to, you know, gun shows, and you see people who didn't look like me. They're all, you know, they're carrying into the gun show. And the few people who looked like me, we weren't. We, You know, we had them, you know, but they weren't clipped to the side. Everybody could see, you know, because we're so used to if we're if someone sees, we might get in trouble type of thing. But I, I support, you know, you know, gun-carrying laws. I do. And one of the things I was just talking last night to somebody, and I said, you know, when we when we're starting to prepare ourselves, like Steve was saying, that you know, you can't be naive to how other people are going to respond to this pandemic. You know, you may not want to shoot anyone. You know, or have to be in a, put in a position to have to defend yourself or your family. But because everybody is out here buying guns and all this ammunition, and they may not be as um, versed in how to handle a gun properly, or they may feel like their backs are against the wall, like you said, and feel like they can just run around and robbing people. And there are scams where people are knocking on people's doors to try to say they have to come in, and then they're, you know, busting in and robbing you. You don't ever want to be in that position. So, but because there's other people who aren't as kind as you are, you have to be prepared. So I said last night, I'm like, I got to call my guy out in the, you know, the country to get me just some extra cases of bullets because you just never know. You just never know. It's, you know, it's not about being paranoid or, you know, just, just doing the most or too much, but you have to prepare for what could what could be. I ran out yesterday. I was just sitting here, and I'm like, you know, oh, I, need, I don't have a gas can. I was like, let me just, you know, jump online, run up to Home Depot real quick and grab me a five-gallon gas can. Oh, they were all gone. All gone. Two-gallon gas cans, all gone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so I, I pulled up Lowe's, no gas cans available. So then I was like, I absolutely dislike going into the Big Mart store, but I pulled them up, and they had one left. And I quickly bought it online, and a few hours later I picked it up. I have to prepare because, like uh, Tarjay was saying, if they shut everything down, if my state shuts everything down and we can't go to gas stations, because my parents live so far away from me, I have to be prepared to make a couple trips back and forth if that, if the need arises. So I have to, I had to go get some gas can, you know, a gas can to prepare for that. It's all about being prepared. And to piggyback yep. off of what both of you said, um, and speaking of the gas cans, my husband made me laugh um, yesterday. He said one thing uh, I didn't get was a gas can. I said, what do you need a gas can for? If they shut everything down, where are you going? 
I didn't yep. think about, you know, individuals who have, you know, elderly they may need to check on or, you know, other family. I didn't even think of that. I'm just like, well, if everything shuts down, where are you going with a gas can? So I didn't think about that. But I want to speak on two things that you guys um, both mentioned um, as far as the protection for, um, you know, ourselves. You know, of course, we we have our um, our weapons here that we, you know, carry all year round. Well, I don't carry. My husband carries. He keeps getting on me about my concealed carry, but I, I do have a gun. I um don't carry though. He always carries, so I'm like, I, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know, push the issue. But I need to go out and get a concealed carry license. But um, he, he, you know, he was talking about um, I need to get some bullets yesterday after we left Walmart, and I said, bullets? Don't we have bullets? He said, I, yeah, you never have too many bullets. And I said, well, what are you preparing for? And he's like, I'm not getting, I'm not, you know, stocking up. I'm just going to get a couple packs. We went into Academy, which is like an outdoor sporting goods store. Um, they had a sign-up that said limit three packs of ammo. I was shocked because I didn't think people had gotten that far. You know, I didn't think people had thought that far out where they were stocking up on ammo. So I was, I just knew, sure, we were going in there, he was going to get his ammo and it was going to be plenty to, you know, choose from. It wasn't. The shelves were almost bare. And he said, I told you. And I couldn't even say anything because I was wrong. But I had to eat that one because I was like, yeah, I was wrong on that one. But um, another thing that you spoke on was people are, you know, throwing religion into it. And it kind of um, it's aggravating, but it's kind of like I have to laugh at it as well. One of my um, my friends, She's out on leave as well. She had surgery, so she was already out on leave. And, like, we don't know when she's coming back because they shut down the the doctor's office and they're not seeing anybody. So her follow-up to come back to work is we don't know when it's going to be. But she said her aunt um, was asking her sister, who is a director in the health department, she sees a lot of these cases that are coming in in our area. And she's like, can I get a coronavirus test? And she's an older woman. Their aunt is probably in her 60s or 70s. And she's like, can I get a coronavirus test? And she's like, no. First of all, sit your butt down, and we don't need to be giving tests out to people who, you know, just for the hell of it. We're not doing testing just because you want to get tested. We're doing testing on people who, you know, feel they may, you know, they're they're exhibiting signs that they have the virus. So the aunt, you know, went straight from that to she was going out, and they asked her. They said, "Well, you're so worried about the virus. Why are you Why are you back and forth everywhere?" And she's like, "Oh, faith over fear. God is, you know, I, if I if I go out and show my fear, then I don't believe in God." And they were having a discussion, and you know, when I was talking to my friend, we were talking about it as well. She was just like, "At what point?" Did God say just go out and do these things that people are doing? God, like we're using His name to do to, to just be plain stupid, you know? Faith over fear, yes, that is that is something that we all need to have if we're believers. But God never said be stupid. If you see a bus coming, faith over fear. Am I going to step out in front of this bus? That's not faith. That's stupidity. So people going out, you know. And just, you know, they're going to, she said, I'm going to live my life because God will want me to live my life. Okay, so the people who are going out doing these things, that goes back into what I said, choices. 
these choices, you know, if say you are to get infected, then you go, they have family dinners on Sunday, and they're still having those dinners. They're little kids, they're elderly, and there's middle-aged folks. And as we've seen this week, they said it was only affecting the elderly and, and babies at the beginning. But now we're seeing people all in between. And the age group, 18 to 59, is neck and neck with the people over that age group. So we don't know exactly what this thing is doing yet. So when we're going out exposing ourselves to this virus and potentially bringing it back, the ones around us that we claim to love, these are the choices we're making that are affecting others around us directly and indirectly. Exactly. And uh, for those of you who haven't put two and two together yet, yes, we are pistol-packing femme fatales. We, <laughs> we are firm believers. Um, some of you may probably turn off the show at this point, but that's not going to change who we are. Because last time I checked the Ten Commandments, nowhere did it say, thou shalt not be um, unsmart people. You know, it doesn't say that. <laughs> And right now I'm looking up fear and vigilance because um, being fearful is one thing. Some people that I know are Mm -hmm. afraid of everything. They're afraid of their own shadows. And then being (laughs) vigilant, knowing your surroundings. You know, some people will tell you, some Christians have told me in my life, don't get involved. No, don't look. Don't do this. Don't, don't do it. I'm like, that's not very Christianly. So, again, if we're going to get into this, these are uncertain times that most of us have never endured in our lives. You may have older people who could tell you about slavery or Auschwitz or whatever they want to talk to you about. They know what some of this is like. They have lived through great famines and things of that nature. This is uncharted territory for so many of us. Good morning, Benita, over in our show chat room. She says, wisdom is what we should be using. Yes, we have to not throw wisdom and common sense and all of that out the window and just think that. Our faith is going to, having faith means we have faith to believe that the great I am will bring us through this. But having faith doesn't mean, as Tajay said, walking out in front of an oncoming train or bus and thinking that we will not get hit or we will not get injured in some way or worse. Again, we need to be very, very, very mindful of what's going on now. We, I, there was a video that was out, I saw it last night, where these bunch of stupid, stupid, stupid kids, I got dinged on it on social media, they'll come back yeah. and say they made a mistake, they're sharing a lollipop, they're all oh, licking God. it and putting it around their mouths, and none of these people know who they are, where they are, what they are, who they're dealing with, nobody knows this, and they think that they're young and fearless, and that means that they are immune to everything and invincible. Now, when all of those kids or some of them turn up deathly ill, remember the lollipop you idiots decided to do on film. Or there was another one where the police were looking for young people who were sneezing and coughing and things on the produce in a food store. It's just stupid, stupid things. Parents, get your children. But then again, in Florida, you had all the people away 
at the beach having a grand old time. And some of those people were already tested coming away. And they were positive for coronavirus. But let's just take corona out of the picture. What else are they positive for? What about mm-hmm. the lady who was tested positive and then, like, broke free and the, the law enforcement had to, like, chase her down to find her? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, yep. that, what, what do, I mean, we're not thinking. We're being selfish. That's, that's such a level of selfishness that an entitlement, and we can go put a thousand labels to it. We don't think about yep. everyone. It just becomes, we just want to focus on this. I want to have a good time. I pay for this. You know, flight. I don't know all the reimbursement rules with the flights, but I'm sure you know airlines are being flexible. So it becomes like I want to go have an account. I was gonna. It's gonna tie to something else that we've always always talk about. But I want to have these three minutes of thrill, a feel good moment in the water, in the sunny. You know, the sun and the beach. And now I'm gonna go home and possibly, you know, fight my fight this virus off and expose. So many people in the process, and then people get exactly. things, and then they wonder why. Like, I need help. No one's helping me, or you know, I'm not getting proper care. Okay, what if you were to stay though behind and at home, and not on the beach, <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever. My heart goes out to postal workers. You know, they're still mm-hmm. required to come to work every day, and be around a whole bunch of people. Now, granted, they're not going to. Other than I'm thinking in a depot, not be around, you know, groups of 10 or 50 or more, except when they're in their, their, their unit, picking up the meal and sorting the meal. But they still have to come in contact with people. I was on the phone with my girl yesterday, who is a carrier in Florida. And, you know, I just called to just check on her really quickly, like, you good? Yeah. But when I she answered the phone just to tell me she was good, you can hear a customer, like she was literally holding the, my friend's phone and saying, hey, you know, where's my mail? I was like, oh, tell her social distancing, because <laughs> I knew she was closer than six feet. So let me first say thank you to all the frontline workers, the medical professionals, <laughs> you know, yeah. everyone who has to go to work who does not have a choice to stay at home. I want to personally say right. thank you. Right. And I appreciate you, and I pray your health stays well. And and let me piggyback on that as someone who worked with the Postal Service, both indoor and as a carrier, for 25 some odd years. One of the things, let me go back and say the words Brentwood. If you all remember that, when there was the ricin attack and it killed some of the carriers and they got sick because allegedly someone had put something in the mail stream. These are things that we deal with on a daily basis And the sad part was that the Postal Service as a whole took so long to even attempt to start to do things to protect their own workers. That was the sin and the shame and all of that. So, yes, to those people who are actually still out there on the front lines, fortunately, I'm not there anymore. I know what they go through on every single day. I know what happens there. Um, and people don't think about that. They don't think about the fact that um, we have to touch the mail. It's, it's, we're open. We're wide open to almost mm-hmm. everything. We're wide open to be robbed. We're wide open to all diseases. If someone wants to get to a, a, a large mass, that's one of the ways that they can do it. And then um, 
when you have a, um, a leadership structure that only cares about themselves, they can sit home by their fireplace and say, go to work, do whatever. You know, many years ago, I think it was Hurricane Sandy or one of them, everything was closed. They had us come to work every single day, reload up the same mail, take it back out on the streets to the same closed businesses, bring it back, unload it, go back the next day. If more came in, add that to what they had, go back out onto the streets. And this is the way that, uh, again, when you have, and this comes from the White House down, when you have poor leadership, this is what happens. And people get sick and people die. One of the things that's spreading around now is every day for the last week, they have an hour and a half or so press conference with the president and all his cronies and some people that actually know what's going on, but the president is refusing to allow them to talk because he's using this as advice for his reelection. The bottom line is that people are getting confused because the president has set up the day after day and said things that were not true and let the doctors and the experts stand behind him while he's giving bad information. I believe it was yesterday when the the uh, reporter said simply, sir, what are you saying to the people who are afraid? He went off on him talking about, you know, CNN and, and, and who is it, somebody's news, um, Comcast and all this other crap because he's feeling defensive. I guess he forgot when this started, before it even got here. He was saying, oh, it's the Democrats. They're trying to use this as a ploy because the, the impeachment didn't work. Don't believe it. You know, and then he said something as crazy as come April, you know, when the weather starts to warm, it's just going to disappear. And there are people out here whose minds are small enough to believe what he's saying. And there are mm -hmm. still people out here who believe that it is employed by the opposition to make him look badly when he does a darn good job of doing that itself. I don't usually get into political talk. I, my realm is law. I deal in facts. I deal in what I've seen firsthand. I'm not talking about what people may have doctored up and made new videos of. I'm seeing what I saw in real time live. This man needs to stop the madness. The same um, reporter then asked Mike Pence the same exact question. Pence at least answered the question while his president is standing over to his right side looking stupid because he just jumped on a man and said, you're very bad. And what will happen is then another reporter asked the president, well, like he asked you, what do you say? Well, you know, he's a bad reporter. Now, you know, when fake news is out there and fake news and believe me, because I'm the next best thing. Hell, forget it. I am God. You all should believe me because I'm the man of the world and the universe. And there are people who are buying into what he's saying. There are people who are not listening to the experts. These are the people who are spreading this. These are the people who are going to kill us all. There was another video that I shared where people did an um, undercover uh, sting, and they were pulling up people who didn't wash their hands after using the restroom. One gentleman point blank said, he said, would you like to go back and wash your hands? Would you do that for us? He said, no. And you all have to understand, while people making jokes about this, the same people who weren't washing their hands before still aren't. They could care less. Right. They're going to do what they <laughs> want to do. And this is the things that we, you know, and it gets it gets tiresome to me when people on social media keep making all these memes and jokes about this. Some people who I love dearly are getting on my nerves because they keep putting out stupid stuff. And I'm like, this is really, 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 
immature and insensitive, and you need to grow the hell up. Because right about now, until this affects someone, they won't get it. Stop making jokes about things. We need to make sure that we are either helping other people or we're keeping people informed with the real information. But, you know, it's getting to be tedious to watch people joking about it all the time. Because at this point, this is something new for all of us. And it's not funny. It's just not. And we can try to make some jokes to laugh to keep from crying, but continually putting up stupid stuff, it's just telling me that when this is over, there's going to be some more people that I may have to distance myself from for a host of reasons. So that's that's just where I am at this point. And well, I think that that ties into the topic. Is, oh, okay. Go ahead, so, um, piggyback off of what you're saying, um, you know, with the – the three, the leadership, um, the people in leadership positions. You know, for one, my job. Okay, you know, I work in a in a prison facility, and I also work in a facility where they are planning to uh, begin quarantining twenty infected individuals as of um, today. I believe I can't say for sure. Don't quote me, but I believe that facility that they built outside of the law enforcement. Um, building is supposed to be operational as of this weekend. I know the news was um the it was on the news yesterday, and they have like trailers where they're gonna hold these individuals who are affected with the virus. This will be the third or the fourth place they have in it, you know, in the Georgia Atlanta area for um these victims. Um, however, I remember on Friday I was at work and I was in in group. And fortunately, I'm not, you know, in the law enforcement realm anymore. But some of those people, you know, people are still in the law enforcement realm, and they do not have the option of, you know, taking leave or, you know, they they get administrative leave because they're not essential. I'm considered non-essential. So because of my health issues, I, you know, was taken out of work. But, you know, there's people out there who still have to make things happen. But for the non-essential staff, you know, everybody is upset because a lot of the non-essential staff has, you know, some sort of health, underlying health issue that is listed in that category of, you know, things that put you at higher risk. And I remember last Friday, you know, I'm teaching class, and the the highest at our facility comes in, and he says, um, one of the offenders asked, he said, well, sir, what's going to happen if someone gets it here? And he said, well, you know, if someone were to get it here, I'd be here every day you know, doing what I'm supposed to do because we take an oath. And I'd question any employee that was working under me who, um, you know, didn't stand to that same oath that they took. Okay, fast forward. We find out that one individual who's worked closely in this in, in the administrative, um, he's in a, higher up in the administration, he's infected. He's tested positive. This same person was all gung-ho on Friday. He's quarantined himself. We have six people as of right now that I know of who have self. We have one who has tested positive, five who have self-quarantined. These are the same individuals that we're talking about. They would be at work, and why? I don't know why non-essential staff think they don't have to report to work, which that was aimed at me because after Friday I have not been back to my workplace because I don't feel safe going there because of the, you, you know, the people cough everywhere, Things are, you know, going around. I'm not, I don't feel safe. And I asked my doctor if it's safe, and she told me that it is not. So I will be sitting this one out. 
But I just found it so insensitive for, you know, this guy to walk around the whole institution and tell everybody, you know, you better be at work, basically is what he said. And now you're you're on quarantine. You're sitting this out, and they're showing no signs. They're just in quarantine because they were around the individual who tested positive. And, um, you know, like I said, I find it to be so insensitive because people people really don't understand. You can't tell people how to panic or how to fear. That's one thing. I mean, I, I, I see it, and some people are ridiculous, but you cannot tell the next individual how to be afraid. You can't do that. And then uh, speaking of the washing the hands, I posted a video um, on Facebook and Instagram, I believe, of the young lady, Adrian Bailon, from The Real. And she, I don't know what the rest of the show was about. I just saw the one clip where she said that when she goes to the bathroom at home, she never washes her hands, whether it's number one or number two. And she said, you know, the, pan, the, the panelists, they were like, what do you mean you don't wash your hands? And she really was sitting there defending the fact that she's in her house, nothing gets on her hands, so she doesn't have to wash them. And she said, and look, everybody in my house right now is sick. And I'm the only one who's not sick because germ, me and germs get along so well. And I thought that was such an ignorant statement to make because, first of all, that means that you don't practice good hygiene on a regular basis. And you could be one of those individuals who keep spreading this kind, of, this kind of virus around. It's disgusting. I don't care how you look at it. It's disgusting. And then also as far as, um, you know, the joking and the memes, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, we see a lot of stuff on Instagram and Facebook and social media, you know, outlets say that I won't sit here and say I don't joke about some things. Some things are just straight hilarious to me because the president, is he's such an idiot that sometimes you just have to laugh at him because he's not, it's not because it's funny, but it's just because he's just that, like you can't believe that he's that, he's that idiotic. I, do, I, laugh, I laugh at him a lot. I really do because he, he's an idiot. And some of the things, you know, like you say, you got to, you got to try to find some sunshine in this rain because it's just it's just too much. Now, some of the things, some of the jokes that I've seen are just, you know, not funny. But some some of this stuff that I'm seeing, it, it, it's, it's, it, it keeps us all, you know, it keeps us all from being so bottled up with the, the, the fear and the hope. It gives you a, a laugh every now and then. So, I mean, I don't see an issue with it as long as it's not, you know, just straight stupidity. But if we're joking, we still need to also be, informative, just like you said, um, Mel, we still need to be making sure that we are informing people of what, no matter what we, you know, what we're laughing about, what we may be, you know, trying to, trying to uplift ourselves about, we still need to make sure the facts are coming out there as well. So it can't be all humor and no facts. Yeah. I agree. And like I said, there are people that are going overboard with this. Everything that Mm -hmm. they post is a joke. It's getting to be ridiculous, especially if these are people who should know better. You know, again, we have to find, we have to understand that, you know, as much as this is, like you said, sometimes you have to try to find some sunshine in the rain. But there are just some people who are just taking it way over the limits. And they're bringing nothing substantive to the table but stupid jokes and a lot of people don't realize that people look up to some of us more than up that we don't even know are watching us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the thing we have to understand some people people look at us because of associations to other people some people look at us because of 
what we've achieved in life. It doesn't matter. We have to understand that sometimes we have to draw those boundaries and we have to live to a different set of standards than others because we're not getting the true information from the leaders at the top in our government. We're not getting the right information from reading who said what on social media. We have to be vigilant and do our own research and investigations. And because of where I work and what I do, I work with some of the greatest minds in the world. Outside of NIH, the rest of the scientists that are working on some of this work where I work. So again, you have to understand, and me, I work in security. So again, it's all tied in together. So I have access and see and hear things that most people do not. This is not something that we can take lightly. They have shut down Yesterday, um, they sent home what was left in the, the group that I work in. I went home week, you know, days earlier. Um, and again, what I can do, I don't ever need to be present to accomplish my task anyway. But they do. So, and they don't want the, the federal agencies don't want to have to pay out of pocket for for employees to sit home and do nothing, even though that's what the mandate says. Because some people are not what they call telework ready. So again, in that respect, if you're not telework ready, you have nothing to do. And these people are trying to make up things. And the odd part was where I work, you have piss poor leadership who um, I said, listen, I'm just trying to help you guys out. I'm at home, but this is the information that I have. And I said, you know, I wanted to know if you all heard about the limited access and the person in charge of the unit that I work in came back with some crazy off-the-wall answer, answering questions that I didn't ask. And no sooner than that, than the director of our um, unit sent out the access saying that they were shutting down by 5 p.m. yesterday. And I'm like, while you're busy trying to make people believe that you know what you're doing when you don't, I tried to help you to prepare you. And then they went into scramble mode. So, again, there's people that don't want to listen. There's people who are in positions of power who don't belong there. We need to wake up people and become our own best advocates. We need to stop sitting around waiting for someone to tell us what's going on. We have to look for this for ourselves. We have to learn. Do you think that most feds learned anything from that furlough last year? Absolutely not. They're still living paycheck to paycheck. They did not alter what they were doing. Some of them came back, and when they got back their back pay, they spent twice as much doing things that they should not have done. This is the problem. We go right back to our bad habits. We learn nothing from our mistakes, and what have we learned? What does karma tell us? Again, that until you learn, guess what? The lessons are going to continue to come. Mm-hmm. And I think this all Anna, are you, is, with us? you know, I know we talked about, okay. you know, that today's show was going to be on humility. And, we, you know, we were talking about the current event, but there's so many lessons within that was weaved into everything that we've been saying that ties us back to humility. Right. Just taking the last example that Steve said, you know, the person who, you know, you, you try to give them the heads up and, you know, be proactive, and they kind of were like, you know, oh, well, let me talk, you know, so and remind people how important I am, you know. And it just becomes like when when you when go back to the definition that she you know that she gave us up front you know humility 
you know, one of them was um, one must accept something in order to change it. And if all one sees is an enemy or a negative character trait, then they are not and cannot be focused on a higher level of existence. So if her, if this person that she was, you know, trying to help, they see her, they see C as, you know, an enemy, um, someone, a know-it-all, someone who thinks they know something or, or threatened that, you know, this person has the smarts and the know-all to even take my position, they're going to, you know, he, he or she sees her as um, an enemy. And they could not allow the humility, you know, they couldn't be humble. They couldn't humble themselves to say, you know what, what she's saying is making sense. You know, it's contributing to, you know, the company's greater good. Let me put my ego to the side just for a moment and at least hear her out and see if it's applicable. And that's what we're starting, we're, we are definitely seeing across the board with, you know, different leadership, you know, leaders, the governors. There's just certain, certain governors out there that can't be humble or they're not practicing a level of humility. I do believe a state of, like so many states, they um, postpone voting, primary voting. And you have a state like Florida who didn't. And, you know, he's like, no, they're going to get out there and they're still going to vote. It's all right, blah, blah, blah. And then now they're wondering why they're having an issue with people who want to keep, you know, partying in the public. Well, the governor kind of said, y'all are still out to come out, <laughs> you know. So it's, we have to practice humility. Humility is such a right a broad topic. Um but we have to learn. It's a learn. It's something that we all have to learn. You have. We have to learn to be humble, because when we learn humility, we realize number one, it's not a weakness, because that's what a lot of us believe. A lot of people have been taught or have a perception that you know humility is a weakness. It portrays a weakness, and it does not. And it actually, if you look at it, you know, you can say how humility actually helps us you know, in all of the aspects of our lives because we're realizing that it's not who we are, whether it be a title, I'm director of something, you know, I'm, you know, whatever. I have this career, whatever that may be, it helps us see that we're not those what. We're not who those things are. But if I walk around with my nose up, and I say, and just using this as an example, because we talk, well, let's just use McDonald's, a worker, someone who works at a fast food restaurant, you know, I look down at them because I feel like their negative character trait is that they're not smart enough to not be an employee of a fast food restaurant, you know, but yet that person could be working their third job just to feed their children. But I have already elevated myself above them because they have a negative character trait the worker at the fast food restaurant. So how am I allowing them to live to live at a higher level of existence when I box them in? Because I couldn't even humble myself and my ego to allow them to be who they are and exist how right. they choose to exist. Humility helps us like it helps us to become like aware. You know, we talk about this divine nature, you know. It helps us to become aware of our divine nature. And it can serve as such a great source, you know, of our sovereign strength that we all have if we choose to learn how to practice humility. And 
I think that um, it comes down to this, that, you know, a lot of people are upset because it's amazing how all of the celebrities in Hollywood can get tested. It. Ah, uh-huh. I almost bit my tongue. Ooh. They can get tested, but the people here who need to be tested, the workers, the people who are doing the nine to five, who are living paycheck to paycheck, they can't seem to find a way to get testing materials to physicians and hospitals and doctors and clinics to help the people who keep this country going. But yet all of these celebrities are saying, yeah, I got tested and I'm positive and I'm blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? Where did you get a test from? But again, money talks and BS is still walking away from all the people who need it. And if we look at this infamous $1,000, $1,200 stimulus package, you know, up to this amount, 75000 or something for a single person, you get the money and blah, blah, blah. But if you're low uh-huh. income and you fall beneath a certain threshold, you only get $500 or $600 because they have figured out a way to make it look like they are all about the people. But again, the people who need this money the most are the ones who will be screwed in the end because they're thinking that they're going to get this $1,000, $1,200 check. They're going to get five or $600. But in the same breath, because of what you were just saying about people not humbling themselves and thinking that that worker at McDonald's may be working three jobs, not only to keep their head above water, but they're also working their way through school. Because we're so, I'm so this and I'm so that. You know, I can run around every day and say, I'm Dr. So-and-so and I'm Dr. This. And there are people, I'm in a group. Of um, it's um a group of people who are working on their doctorates or finish their doctorates or whatever. There are so many people who mine is better and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, you're probably one of those skin of your teeth people who did some BS um dissertation that some of them. I'm trying to figure out what school would have allowed you to do this in the first place. And some people say, well, I'm not calling this person a doctor because their degree isn't terminal. And their degree isn't this, and I'm not calling them that, but they're supposed to call me that. I'm like, you know, for those of you who think you're better, let me say this. When you have that heart attack, make sure that that MD that that you're disrespecting right now, make sure you tell them that before they roll you into the operating room. When you or a loved one gets in trouble with the law, make sure that the same people who you're spitting upon right now because your degree is better than someone else's, So if you think that a fellow doctor, no matter what their concentration is, you're better than a fellow doctor, we can only imagine what these same people are doing to that that McDonald's worker or that server. Today is about humility. And again, because humility is what we're talking about, everything that we're bringing into this larger picture is for you. For those of you, there's a lot of you in our call query. If you want to join our conversation, all you have to do is press the number one on your phone, and we will bring you in a, um, into our conversation on air. We would love to have you join us to talk about everything that's going on. How are you surviving um, the shutdowns with the pandemic? What I am seeing is that there's so many people out here who are going out every day, who are getting their friends to pick them up. They're in close quarters and vehicles, and they're hanging out. Where they're going, I don't know, because most things are closed down. But people are not paying attention. Uh, we do have a caller, last 42968. 
2968. It looks like the extension is from out in California. Maybe. Could be wrong, but hello, hello, caller. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I just woke up, and I'm tuned in, and I'm listening to you share, and I think you're absolutely right. I think we need to be humble. Humble is the way to have a relationship with people outside of ourselves. Wherever they are, we come down to where they are, and then we can share some love with them. It's not always easy, like you were saying. A lot of people have an ego problem, a false sense of their self, and you have to dissolve the ego in order to have a heart-to-heart with the person. So in a relationship, there has to be honesty because honesty allows you to take responsibility for your feelings, and in doing that, that will your actions will follow. And then when you do that, you get to enjoy the benefits of doing something like that. So a lot of people don't get to enjoy those benefits. Right. Right. Yeah. And how are things out where you're from? Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I thought by your extension you might be out in the West Coast. But how do you see people dealing with um are people being kind to one another? Are they helping one another? Or do you see where there's long lines of people hoarding any and everything that they can find during this pandemic that's, that's going on? That's what's happening. Uh, people at Target are going there early in the mornings, and as soon as they open the door, they run in there and they, they fight over the toilet paper and all these things. And the same people come up, come in there every morning. And I'm sure the employees are thinking, why don't you let some of these other people get some stuff? You know, these people just keep coming, you know, it's like, so I, yeah, you're right. It is kind of like that. And as far as people looking out for one another, I don't know how much of that is going on because everybody's so selfish. You know, I don't think a lot of people don't really have other people's best interests, but then again, there are a lot of people that do have other people's welfare right. in their thought process. Yeah. I can't say, you know, it's yeah. probably probably more more that probably do than don't. We just see the ones that don't because they're so obvious. Yeah, are you locked down right now? Uh, do they? Ha- what do they? What's have? What are in place and where you are? What is, what's in place where you are? Well, if you're if you were if you're in the medical or in, you know an essential. Uh, you know, a job, then you can go do your job, but you're not supposed to go out. Uh, I think they're going to start giving people misdemeanors for going out. Oh, wow. It's a, it's, I think it's martial law is what it is, I believe. So the military, uh, right. uh, they're going to have military, you know, come in and monitor everything. They're really serious. About yeah. This is a very, this is a very serious thing, and I think that they just want to get uh get a handle on it before it gets too far out of control, you know. And so I think the the prior planning part of this is a good thing, but I don't necessarily agree with like you were saying how they're the president's doing this and that. I mean, you you were sitting there saying some stuff. I was like, yeah, people are going to get screwed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. Ladies, are you still with but, me? Um, and again, I, anyone yeah, else I'm you want to join in? Well, can I ask a question? Um, 
you know, you talked about, you know, you, there were some things that you and I said similarly in regards to ego and things like that. Um, and I'm not sure what your home structure is, but what lesson, if, you know, you have someone at home with you, you know, how are you helping people um, with humility at this point? Being faced with everything that we're all being faced with, but you guys being on a state down, a state, you know, shutdown or lockdown, I believe that's a better word. Like, how are we practicing humility during this time, being in a, sh- a shutdown? Who, who is the question for? For you. I'm sorry, call oh. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, well, a lot of times, you know, we tend to make it about ourselves. you know. It's, it's like if uh, somebody's saying something, and I don't agree with it, or somebody's doing something, I don't agree with it. Like you said, we have to have some humility. And a lot of times we rely on our feelings because our feelings get all powerful because something comes to our ear gate or eye gate, and it causes us to get our feelings real powerful. And that's just the way it is. Our feelings tell us, hey, something's wrong. You know, before we were enjoying ourselves. Remember, like you said, we were enjoying ourselves. And then all of a sudden our feelings get powerful. So we go take a look at our feelings and let it through so we can get underneath our feelings down to the heart of the matter because we're not our feelings. We're underneath our feelings. What you think, say, and do, that's who you are. And so we need to come down uh, when our feelings get powerful, examine them and come back down, and then we can do what we need to do in that situation. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but, well, yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, Love inside of your heart how many assaults get placed upon the existence of it and every time there is an assault it proves to you that your love is true genuine true love and that puts a smile on your face so you can continue doing what you were doing yeah yes i i agree with that and just because there's you know because we're all at home now or the majority of us are at home now we're having to you know be around our family members <laughs> more than, you know, over these, you know, several past years. And we're, we're not accustomed to that. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Um, and I understand, you know, some people are still playing video games in isolation and things like that, but we're actually having to, you know, interact with the members of our household more. And, you know, it's because it's such a trying time. We're edgy. You know, the young kids, they want to get out the house. And so we do have to separate ourselves, especially, you know, the parents with short fuses, you know, to get out of, you know, remove ourselves from those emotional roller coasters, those feelings, you know, and we have to learn how to allow people to have their voices and to, you know, humble ourselves to say that, you know, I can't run maybe a dictatorship today in the household, (laughs) you know, and when someone shares something, it's valid for that person, and I have to humble myself to allow them to be in that space. I'm sorry, go ahead, caller. No, that's true. That's true. But what about the times when someone when you're saying something to somebody because they're talking to you? And a lot of times, I I ask people, "Are you you're talking to me?" And, and they and they say, "Yeah." I say, "Okay," you know, because I I know that later on in the conversation, I'm going to get to use this what I just said. You talking to me? And because I'll remember, I'll tell them. Remember when I asked you, "Are you talking to me?" And you said yes, and I said, "Wonderful," because why is it wonderful? Because I get an opportunity. I get an opportunity, you know. And so later they're going to forget that I was listening, and I get to point that out. 
So that works to my advantage when I'm communicating with them because a lot of times people are reflecting what I'm projecting and other ones are not. And the ones that are not reflecting what I'm projecting, it lets me know that they don't feel me. And if they're playing games with me, then shame on them. Then shame on them for doing that. Not me. I'm just going with whatever I have to get, you know, from, from Mm -hmm. the situation. And a lot of times I get negative. So I'm always having to deal with people's negative attitude, but it's so wonderful because I have a positive attitude. So I get to empower that person with the same positive attitude that I possess. And that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, is, right. that and you, is a huge blessing because so many people don't possess naturally a positive attitude. And during yeah, this time, if, you know, we're all sitting in the, the, we're sitting in the living room around the fire and we're all being negative. Like, look what we don't have. Look how miserable we are. You know, versus saying, "Oh, look, we're actually inside of you know a home. We're in a we're in shelter where there's there's tons and tons of homeless people who don't have shelter. We have food. It may not be the filet mignon that you know we always eat every night, but we have food when there's hundreds of people, thousands of people, millions of people who don't have anything to eat. So I commend you for being a positive person. A lot of people have developed a lot of bad habits. Right. Yeah. And so let's go back they to have what, to retrain themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to something that you said earlier about the conversation that you were having with, are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. Because a lot of people will say things. Some have the expectation that people aren't really listening to them, while others hope that people are listening to them. Because a lot of people in this world, they hear you speaking, but they're not listening to you. And like you said, you can come back late and say, remember when you asked me, was I listening? Well, I really was. Because a lot of times people will try to um, change things up and say, well, this isn't really what I meant. We see this every day with what's going on now with people saying one thing this week, and then they'll say something totally different next week. And then they'll say, nope, that's not what I said. Yes, it was because I was listening to what you said. Myself and several others were listening to what you said. So, of course, um, again, it comes down to what we were saying earlier about people. We need to become our own best advocates throughout this. And, no, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out where people are going. I see people on my security cameras. People are picking them up in vans and cars. They're in small spaces. Where are you going? There's nothing open. There's nowhere to go. How do you not know that these people who are in this vehicle with you aren't infected at this point? Reminds me of, um, what is it, the the biggest, um, one of the zombie movies, you know, where people are just doing really crazy things. They're not listening to the people who they should be listening to. But as I believe it was you, Shauna, when you said people will sit around and people tend to listen to and pick up upon all of the negativity before they'll listen and Support something positive. And right now what we have to do, like I said, join us on our program. We're virus-free. We can get up close and as personal as we want, and nobody will get infected from hanging out on our program today. Because right now this is what we need to do. And we're talking about that six foot of space and all of this. We can get as close as we want to here on our programs. And nobody's going to get infected from talking to me or to caller or or Tarjay or you. You know, we're all safe as we can be. But, again, I love the fact that 
And welcome, caller. I know that you're probably a first-time caller. I'll give you a... Yeah. You come here as a as a guest, and then you leave as family. So come back often, because you never know what we're going to end yeah. up talking about on any given day. We talked about the laws of karma. With this is part two. We expanded on last week's program, and today we picked. Well, I picked humility because there's so many people that just aren't showing that. Why do you have a cart full of chicken legs, chicken wings, all of these things? And you're not leaving anything for anyone else. And some of these people are two-people families. What do you need a cart full of toilet paper and chicken wings for? You know, this is, this is showing people's true colors, or it's showing the level of how we as humans have fallen. And is there any humility even left in this world? I got so. I got something for you. Okay. What's that? Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, so uh huh. What what you, you see you're 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 going back, back, back. So taking responsibility for forfeiting your freedom. There was a time when you had freedom. It was just you. Only you. You could do whatever you want. That's your freedom. And then all of a sudden you have a baby. And now you forfeited your freedom because now it's not just you, it's another person. So what do you get to do? You get to put everything you want the other person to know into that person. Because when that person gets a mind of their own, you get to teach that person the difference between right and wrong. Because that person's going to have to stand on something when it becomes an adult and responsible for its own actions. Because life's going to come at that person. It's either going to beat them up or they're going to be able to walk on that solid ground that you put them on. Now, a lot of people put their kids on the sand, and life beats them up, and then they don't know why. So mm-hmm. we, we need to help people to take responsibility for their actions, right? So we have to go back and look at some of these things and show them so they can see themselves. If they can't see themselves, then how are they going to take 100% of themselves and apply it to that 8% over here and fix that? So he ain't help. Yeah. That's why we're here. Help him. And this is a great yeah, time. And that's you know, a good yes, way to put it. It's under diff- yeah, it's different circumstances, but it's a great time for families to gather, you know, and have yeah. those Sunday evening dinner chats throughout the week now, you know, to help well, prepare the well, young. Just, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. I was going to um, say that. This is a great time to, you know, just like you were saying, call it taking the time to a lot of time we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of life that, you know, we we're we're instilling, of course, parents, good parents anyway, you're instilling the morals and the values and the foundation that needs to be, you know, given to those children. But you get so caught up in the hustle and bustle that sometimes you get you, you can't do all the things that you want to do. But now, you know, this is putting in time for us to be able to, to do those extra things that we can't do or just, you know, revisit some of the things that we've been doing and just, you know, taking advantage of it. That's how I've been looking at this time. This is a great time for me to be with my family. And, I'm, I mean, I, I get so sick of seeing people complain about being home with their kids this week. Now, I understand the educational part of it can be a little bit frustrating because math looks nothing like it looked when I was in the same grades as my children. Math is overly complicated at this point. So 
I can understand the frustration with the educational aspect. Okay, you're at home with the kids. They're doing the e-learning, and we're having to make sure that they get these things done. I've been I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, be in great communication with their teachers. So if I have any questions or issues, they're really good at responding. I know everybody doesn't have that luxury, but we just got, as parents, we've got to take the time to utilize the resources we have. Some people are online complaining about their kids being home, their kids are eating up everything, and their kids are just getting on their nerves. And can I give my kids back to the teacher? Do you have any more of those school schoolies? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me because I'm like, if you don't like being home with your children, there is something a whole lot bigger than coronavirus with this picture. There is something going on right, with your family right. that you have the need to complain about being with your family. I love every second I get with my family. I love my little family. So I cannot explain yeah, how this is not a great time to take advantage of the opportunities in this free time. We have so much time to, you know, you can play board games, you can watch video games, you can, I mean, not video games, you can watch movies. You can do a lot of activities indoors. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. I have one son who loves video games. My other son does not. So for the one who loves video games, we've been going. I've been getting on there. He's been kicking my butt, but I've been playing video games with him. My other son, he likes board games. He likes watching CNN. He likes talking about politics. So, you know, there's there's plenty of things to do. He likes right. watching Netflix. There's so much to do. And then when he's doing his homework, he gets on the phone with his little friends, and they chit-chat and do their homework together and help each other as a group. So that takes some of the burden off of me. I get to just look and make sure he's getting it done. I just, you know, get to sit in the back and eat my little snacks from now and then. But it's, this is a time we should really be taking advantage of, not complaining about. Right. Yeah. But let, let's go, let's go a step further. Um, I want to say thank you to you all because every week we're here, or most weeks we're here from 9 to 11 usually doing our programming caller. First thing you said was, and like I said, based on your area code, you're on the other side of the United States from most of us. And each one of us is from okay. a different state as well. So you said you got up and you took the time to call in and join in this discussion. And these are not things that, again, it comes down to paying attention. These are not things that I personally take lightly because without people like you, to call in and join the discussion and let all of the listeners, no matter where they are in this world, understand that we can come together, males, females, different ethnicities, yeah. whatever. We can come together for this common goal and talk about these changes that need to happen. And that's what makes sure. what I do that gives me life when I do these programs mm-hmm. and when all of my you know, fellow um, um, co-hosts and people that come on, um, callers such as yourself, we get to see people. We're this example that we need to bring back to this country. And I live in the middle, both of my neighbors on both sides are teachers. So if there's something that if my, if one of you says that you have a family member who's having problems with this and that, maybe I'll reach out and have my neighbors contact you. They're teachers. It's what they do. They're home now. And they can help. We can help. Some of us, we can help in other ways. You know, we can, uh, you know, have the children call just to have someone to talk to, give you a break. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what makes this beautiful, this small time. I'm encouraged by this because I can, 
I'm encouraged by your words and what people are sharing uh, concerning what, what, what we're talking about, which is, which is uh, a bigger thing and doing a little right. bit, just, just doing a little contribution to the bigger picture is, is, is helping. And this is a time when having people at home like they are, this is a perfect time. This is an excellent time. This is so wonderful because now we get to teach people and we get to help them to retrain their, 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 their knee-jerk response. See, mm-hmm. people develop all these bad habits. They have habits of doing this and this and this day in and day out, and it's a problem. And so now that they get ready right. in this situation like this, and you being the facilitator that you are, are going to help people to get from where they are to where they're supposed to be going safely, and they're going to be enthusiastic why they're doing it, and that makes it even better, Right. Yeah. So, so that's my uh, goal. <laughs> get to tell them, yeah. Well, that's the goal. Yeah. So we get to we get to uh, help them to to see how they are uh, 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 an integral part in their own rehabilitation. So there's going to be an effort involved. They're going to have to apply themselves to to fix this stuff. And getting people to do that without saying I'm just you know they give up and they don't really have time for that. And that's they're talking about themselves. And you're going whoa, 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 hold on a second. You may have forgotten to do the exercise today, but as soon as you remember, you have a moment of realization, that's an opportunity. Because everything that you see, like the opportunity, is an opportunity for you. Everything you see is an opportunity for you. So we want you to take advantage of your opportunities to do the right thing. And if you missed up this thing, you just start doing it. You start going back what you were doing, and you just keep practicing and then pretty soon you're developing some good habits in place of the bad habits. Mm-hmm. So we want to help people to do this process. And I think by maybe just the way that things are right now, everybody has to change the way they were doing things. And everybody has to get along because you can't have a dysfunctional family because that's going to produce people that go into the world that have nothing to stand on and life's going to beat them up. They won't mm-hmm. be successful. Their traumas are going to get right. in the way of their possibilities. Mm-hmm. So we have to help these people, and it's really difficult because it's a personal thing. You know what I mean? It's all personal. When 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 the person who is the object of your love, that means on the inside of who you are, that's where you're loving the person on the inside. So you're speaking internal language, which means that you have the mirror effect. You open your heart, your heart becomes like a mirror. People come up and take a look at themselves. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. And I just I think that this is such a good opportunity. No, I, I appreciate your your comments, caller, but I also, you know, this is like such a great opportunity because a lot of people, um, you know, like Tarjay was saying, some people are complaining about, oh, my goodness, my kids, you know, they're driving me crazy, whatever, whatever. However, you know, a lot of times some some of those, not all, some of the people complaining, they're, they're doing so because they never had a, a possibly never had a firm family structure at home, you know, with the children. They didn't have routines. They didn't have those Sunday dinners. They didn't have conversations, you know, because everyone is in the zip, zip era. We're running here. We're running there, doing this, doing that, and not taking the time to talk, to get to know each other. So I think this is a great, great opportunity under the circumstances to reacquaint ourselves with what, however you wanted your family to be. 
and it's gotten away from you. So you can build that family now, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to come with some resistance with children because they're like, wait a minute, that's not what we do. And then you say, well, we're just, we're adjusting to a new norm. So this is a great opportunity because, you know, some families may not even have board games because they never sat down for family game night, you know? Right. So now you have to be creative, you know, and so it's not just let's, let's sit here and talk, let's sit here and talk, because some people just don't know how to. And so you might pick up, you know, make, pick up a red crayon and say, okay, well, here's a red crayon with some, you know, first things that come to mind when you see the color red or think of the color red. You know, whatever. You have to, we have to be creative. But this is a great space that we're in to recreate your family structure. Right. Right. That's what I was about to say, to bring family back into family. You know, we lost yeah. it. We say that we have families, but we don't know anything about the people that live under our own roofs. The kids mm-hmm. go to school during the summer, and so many people are living paycheck to paycheck, which we spoke about earlier. Parents out here with two or three jobs, the kids are raising themselves, or the computer systems and the video games are. Mm. And now oh. it's a bunch of strangers stuck in this little confinement. Whether you have an X amount of thousand foot house or whether you're in an apartment or a townhouse, now you're sitting around looking at a bunch of people who we essentially don't really know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is the time. It's crazy. Take this time to learn how you are and say, well, hello. So what, what really goes on? And like um, I believe Tarjay said, She's getting her butt kicked, but the one son, she's playing video games with him because that's how she can connect with him. And then the other son, he trust me, he likes to talk about politics and all of that stuff. Yes, he does. And, um, you know, this is the time that you get to know these, these, these younger people living in your house, but then for the adults living with you, you get to sit down and reconnect with each other. You know, this mm-hmm. is the thing that so many people, past having the, making the coronavirus babies and all of this, maybe we should take more time standing up, looking at each other, going into the kitchen, making the coffee, you know, talking about whatever over the coffee table, what's going on. You know, some of us don't even know really what we're actually doing or how our days are going at work. This is the time for us to come together. And people, classic example. You have our caller who just woke up not too long before he called in. <laughs> We're sitting here, and we dedicate to coming here. You know, I can't say that enough because you don't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. You, you know, it's like, you know, you get up in the morning, the sun is shining, you yawn, yes. Let me go. Hey, this looks yeah. great. Let me call in. You, you know, and you're here. And um, you're part of our family and our conversation. People, this is what we have to do in these types of times. It comes back to dedicating yourself and readjusting and relearning who you are. And will we learn lessons from this? Many people won't, and they'll find themselves doing this all over again when the next crisis emerges. But... um, So, people, what we're going to do, we have about 20 minutes left in our program. Um, What I'm going to do is um, just go around the room. Uh, For those of you in our chat room, if you want to say something, now is your time. Uh, For those of you who are in a call query, 
Um, and now that we have our panelists here, I'm going to go around the room. Tarjay, I'm going to start with you, and we're going to end up with um, Shauna. You and I will be the last two. But if you're in a call query and you have something you want to share, now would be the time for you to press one on your phone. But um, after Tarjay caller, we're going to give it to you to say some lasting words. And um, then Shauna and myself and Benita, if you have something over in our chat room or any of the other callers, uh, now would be the time for you to speak your piece before our show ends for the day. So Tarjay, take it away. All right. Um, I think that this show was, this show, it was, you know, of course, humility was the topic of the day. But, and we kind of bounced around, but everything we bounced around can be tied back into humility. Just like our caller calling Mm -hmm. in, that is a sign of humility, just that alone, just calling in, just being a part of, you know, a group of people you have never met in life. Humility, people. Humility is not just something that you do with people you know. It 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 bounces along. It it should be a daily practice. Um, I tell people all the time: think of something. Don't always think about the negative. Think about something positive has to stand out in your day. Always, it should be. But um, and everything we talked about, of course, with everything going on in the world, with everything you know going on with people, we're seeing you know, people, how people act in times of crisis, how people panic, um, how people make bad choices, it all stems back to humility. And if we get nothing out of what was discussed today, I just want people to understand, just be kind to one another. It doesn't, and it, it needs to extend beyond the time of crisis. We should take this time to, you know, just like we said, we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, we really don't have time to just sit still. And, you know, it's under unfortunate circumstances that we're being forced to kind of sit still right now. But during this time, just like we said, use this time for the good. If it's something you don't like about yourself, work on it. If it's something you don't like about your family, work on it. If your kids are driving you nuts, think about how they drive their teachers nuts when they're in school all day. If you don't like it, this is the time to kind of restructure that because this is indefinite. We don't know how long this thing's going to last. Some of the schools, we don't even know if they're going back to school this year. So parents have to get, you know, accustomed to dealing with this. This is this is the normal for now. we got to be with our kids for those who don't like it. For us who love it, I can do this every day. But if it's something about your family that you don't like, sit down and restructure it. Maybe you guys aren't on the page you want to be on. Sit down and talk about it. Get to know the people in your house because it's amazing how many of us walk around and live in a home with strangers. So just be kind to yourself, be kind to the people around you, be kind to your family. And one thing that I didn't say that I wanted to um, touch on, I posted a post um, one day this week about think about the people who, um, think about the children who are home now and school was their only escape from the abuse they are sustaining at home. Think about those people. I keep those people in my prayers daily, daily. Think about those people. Think about those children who, you know, their meals came from school. They don't have any meals at home. Fortunately, here where I am, and I've seen that a lot of other places are implementing this, where they're doing the meals for the children, where you can either, you know, come to the location and pick up meals, or they're doing a little drive-up service, and they stop at certain locations. You can pick it up from them, and they'll give you meals for however many children under 18 are in the car. Figure out what your resources are. If you're one of those families who's struggling, figure out what your resources are. But if you see someone struggling in this in this time, be kind. 
testing humility, I actually saw, and I'm going to end with this, I actually had um, a friend of mine, he went to um, Kroger, which is a grocery store here, and an older woman was in front of him. She only had a few items, so he let her in front of him. Then when she got to the um, to pay, she didn't have enough money for her items. And he said, ma'am, I got it. And she said, no, I'm okay. I'll just put it back. And he said, ma'am, I got it. And he said it was only five items, but for him, you know, that was five items she obviously needed. And he paid for her stuff along with his. That act of kindness went a long yep. way. He has no idea what he could have really done for her. So just take this time to be kind. Mm-hmm. Be kind. If you're not kind, learn how to be kind. Thanks. Uh, and we're, go ahead, caller. It's up. You're up. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm up. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I was listening to you, and then somebody said, your coffee's ready. I said, oh. Um yeah, I'm still waking up, but um, yeah, you're right. It's beautiful and wonderful how we can do these things together. We can come together, and what you bring to the table, everybody gets to benefit from it. So we're all an integral part of this family unit, and we have to have humility in this unit, you know, because it's not about me and it's not about you. We have to get outside of ourselves and see what's going on. And what is going on? Right. Well, when your bowels of compassion are opened up, what's going on is that you're experiencing the flow of love in you, through you, and then back to you. So it's no wonder when you get up, your feelings get excited about something, maybe somebody's not doing something right or saying something right or something's wrong. You're a troubleshooter. You eat problems for breakfast. So now you get to do something and you get to be an emergent leader because you're learning how to regulate your own nervous system so that the energy field will entrain others to follow. Yes, I agree. And, you know, I was, I was over here like, yay, he, he brought love into it because, you know, I'm always the one bringing everything back to love, love. <laughs> so thank you for doing that for me, caller. Um, in my closing remarks, I just want to encourage people that they can take advantage of this time that you have. For my dreamers and those chasing their goals, you know, this is a great time if you have, if you can peel away some time to work on your, you know, your plan for life, you know, work on those goals, write out, you know, write out a mission plan for your life or where you want to see yourself. You know, this is a great time to, Start that on, you know, start a business or, you know, at least do the research on it, you know. I want to encourage every every one of us not to give up in these trying times, not to lose your hope during these trying times, that we're going to make it. We're not going to all come out unscathed, unbruised, because some of us are going to get some scars out of this. But I'm just going to want, I just want to encourage each and every one of us to, to do the best that you can with what we have. If it's time that you have right now at home, make the best of that time with the, with your loved ones, because this disease or this virus, as you know, it's not familiar with people, and so we don't know how much time we have. So cherish the moments that you have. You know, work on your patience, work on your dreams, but through it all, remember to smile, because we take that for granted. And how much a smile can feed your your life, that energy 
It brings you that good energy. You can't, when you smile, it's just something about that smile that becomes contagious. And so if I'm sitting here focused on all the things that I don't have or where I could be, and I'm, that negative energy is coming in, and my children are watching that, and now I'm, I'm, I'm giving out that energy in my home, but when I smile through this, not saying to fake it, as far as like, okay, well, I'm going to smile at my children so that they don't understand what's going on. I have heart-to-heart conversations with my children. But I'm also reminding them to smile through it because we're still blessed. We still have life. There is still tomorrow. And that they can, that this is going to pass. It might be painful. It might from some more than others. But it too shall pass. And the love that we experience is going to help us strengthen ourselves, our bonds, and all that that we gain from this cannot be replaced. It cannot be ripped away. So take this opportunity to work on being your best, your family best. Make memories. (laughs) They are make memories. Right. And be parents, just be the example for your children, your loved ones, that you've always wanted to be. Take the bull by his horn, and we're going to ride through this together, y'all. I love y'all. Yes. I'm going to yes. turn it over to see Maria, and I'll holler till next week. Ooh, praise yes. God. And I want to, <laughs> amen. I want to say this. I love this show because we bring everything, all of the four elements together, fire, earth, wind, water. Shauna is the queen of love. I'm the rebel of everything else because some people can't even spell love. <laughs> I love the fact that we bring so many different facets to this thing called life together on this program. And what I got out of listening to everyone was the fact that this is the time for us to work on making those dreams we've been having our entire lives reality or putting that game plan into effect to work towards that. Uh, We talked about patience. Be patient. I know a lot of you, you're at a short fuse now because you have the children running around. And I want you to look for those goals. Work on new things. What are you going to do in the next time that this have a game plan in place for the next crisis that comes along? Um, And see the signs. I want you all to see the signs because we talked about the children where school was their only escape. One thing that I posted, I took it from someone else, but when I posted it, this post took on a life of its own. Not only are the children locked in unhealthy places, but some of us are locked in the homes with abusers. Domestic Mm -hmm. violence is very real, and it's going to be on an uptick this time, during this time. So I want you all to understand, see the signs. Check on the elderly. Check on your family members. It's a good time for you to catch up with some people you may not have had time to talk to in a while. Make sure that they're okay. If you're going on a food run or something, check with some people that you know are vulnerable. See if they need anything. Help them out. The day was all about humility. And, yes, we came full circle with this. We could have talked about humility but that, and just saying be nice to everyone, and people would have gotten bored with our program. But what we did was 
we brought everything that's happening in this world and in our areas now into that thing called humility. We have to take care of and look out for one another. We have to come together in order for us to make it through this. So again, this is what makes this program so well. Yeah, are we the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe? We sure are. But it's not just about us ladies. We welcome gentlemen. We welcome everyone from all over the world, all over the United States, because all of us are definitely in different places. So, but right now, one thing that's bringing us all together is this crisis, you know. It's this travesty that's going on. And I want to thank each and every one of you for being here. Thank you, caller. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you, Dill, a.k.a. Tarjay. Thank you, Benita. Thank you, uh, I believe, Susan. I think I see you on. And all the other callers who I have yet to meet, thank you so much because you were here. You were here for the whole program. Even though you didn't press one, I saw that you were here which means that you've heard what we had to say, and please share our program. We want to reach the world. We want to get this out here and tell people, hey, no matter whether it's hatred or disease or famine or illness, guess what? We can come together and we can help to heal all of this because we're stronger when we're together. And this show has proven that time and time again, and today is no differently. So thank you all from the bottom of my heart. You have no idea what this means to me because this started out of heartache and pain a little more than 10 years ago when it was the Healing Through Hurt radio show that grew into a network. And out of that, other shows have been birthed. And the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe, FOCUS is an acronym. It is an actual federal trademark acronym. It stands for Females Offering Clarity, Unity, and Success. And we do that by bringing so many people together. So I want to thank you all for that. I can't say it enough. I'm C. Maria. You all know that. All of you do all over the world. And now um, we have a new friend. So caller, thank you so much for being here. We do hope that you come back again. You're always welcome. Each week we do something different. Next week, I believe, ladies, is um, open chat. So whatever goes within respect and reason, that's what we'll be doing. It's like sin either Saturday. So if you know some people who would love to join us, feel free to invite them on. So that is it. Um, wow, thank you. It's been a great show. And, again, welcome to all of you who will be listening to the replay, no matter where you are in this world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope, as always, before we leave, I want to pray each and every one of you enough. Pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I also want to pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I want to pray you enough smiles to turn the frown you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, all of my guests and co-hosts, we want to pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be coming your way and knocking at your door. From this very moment and beyond. Remember, you're not alone. Uh, We decided to use our global phone, uh, 202-618-2556. If you need us, reach out. We will be here to help you or to guide you in the right direction. 
each of us brings something different to the table, and that's what I think is so beautiful about our little family. We're small but mighty. And, Benita, if you had anything to write, now would be the time. We have about four minutes left, but Benita just left. So we're going to say have a great, great, great remainder of your weekend. As we begin, we'll end with Tori Lee's Good Music. Thanks again for another session with good people, good conversation, and I hope that we can continue to spread the good. Just like this virus is spreading, I hope that our words today will spread equally and even more so to help people know that we're going to make it through this and beyond. Thank you all. Thank you, caller. Welcome to our family. Thank you, Shauna. Thank Thank you. you. Dill, a.k.a. Target. Thank you so much for being here. I hope to see you all back here next week for our open chat here on the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh, 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 with only good music. Something about the things you said stays in my mind. Makes me wanna sit down and listen to you. I listen all night. Melody, the arrangement. Makes my body go so crazy. A therapy, man, I love the beat. It's the way the music comes over me. The emotions I get, I won't fight. Sometimes the music gets you to make you cry, then dry your eyes. You know, when the music is the way you can hide. Life. I get lost in your words, it feels so good. I'm hurt, take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh, 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 with only good music. I tell Rihanna, please don't stop the music. Cologne strum my pain with the fingers. I could really use it. Quiet storms full of purple rain. My Sharia more lovely as a summer day I'll let the whispers follow Marvin Gaye In my headphones till the music starts to fade away I give away my brown sugar for a bit of pop If love really was a bullet, I'd have took the shot Yeah, uh Now would you buy me a drink just to take me home? Put your game in a song just to make me moan I like my Robin pick me alone A thug album Triple shots, that's the trade. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music.